what is going on? My name is Kyler Mead. You are listening to The Bardic Circle once again, where I, Kyler Mead, Trey Lanthier, and Alex Gallant will bring you the end, the finale, the act five, if you will, of the tragedy of Julius Caesar. It's been an absolute blast in a lot of ways. This is a great play as we bring in Trey and Alex. How you guys doing, guys? Doing great. Having yeah. having a wonderful a wonderful time journeying through the Shakespeare uh, experience for the first time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good, good stuff, and it's been exciting. There's been arguments. Oh, there's yeah. been fights. There's yep. been murders. Oh, I thought, and, you were saying, uh, I thought you were saying between us these things have been happening, and I was like, oh ooh, yeah, we no, are. And then you said murder. You're like, All right, you lost me. Thankfully. Yes. All there three of our voices been, are still here, so that can't happen. Significant fights are no murders here, no ghosts here, us. unless we're a no. ghost. Yeah, that, that could have been it. Yeah. Unless, what if we're all ghosts in Act Five here? That'd be intense. <laughs> Wouldn't that alert. be something? Yeah. Spoiler alert: We're all dead. Um, <laughs> nope, we're not. As far as you know, and as far as I know, although uh, Alex is broadcasting, we're doing this from three different states. Alex is broadcasting from Washington where it's about 8,000 degrees from what I understand based on everyone's Twitter feeds today. Yeah. And he is doing no it in the AC. dark. Yeah. yeah. No one but has air cool. conditioning. Yeah. But we've so. got the electronics ready to go. They didn't overheat. No <laughs> goodness. power surges or anything like that. So we're good to go. Man, it's good. Act five of the tragedy of Julius Caesar is here. And you know what? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for some death, um, some more death, if you will. Several people have already died, uh, but some main characters have also already died, and some other main characters die in this act. Brutus and Cassius, no more. Let's jump right into by the book as we start with Act Five, Scene One: The Dudes I, and Antony and Octavius meet with Brutus and Cassius on the battlefield. And they uh, they wave their swords around a bit, um, and uh, it's a little testy. They're not real happy with each other, as one might imagine. Uh, fellows at war would not be. So that's what's happening there. Uh, Act five C two is a very strange scene. It's like a it's like a costume change scene. Like I don't know why it exists. Brutus has a line. He goes in here. I'll just read you the whole line. He says. This will take two seconds. Yeah. Ride, ride, Masala, ride. And give these bills unto the legions on the other side. Loud alarum. Let them set on at once, for I perceive but cold demeanor in Octavio's wing, and sudden push gives them the overthrow. Ride, ride, Masala. Let them all come down. Exeunt. So that's I would cast you as Brutus, Kyle. That was really well done. All right, that's all the time we have. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's the whole, we only had time for Act 5, Scene (laughs) 2. So, Act 5, Scene 3 is a little bit more uh, uh, substantial. Dramatic. Cassius is a little despairing. He is not real comfortable with the way the battle at Philippi is going. Um, And uh, Pandarus, his bondman, um, who we learned he took captive uh, at a place, uh, Prada, 
that's kind of weird, but I guess that's the way it was in those days. Um, so uh, Cassius is Bondman Pindarus, like climbs up a rock or something and watches their buddy Titanius and says that Titanius is taken. And Cassius says, eh, all right, I'm done. Pandarus stab me in the chest. And Pandarus does it, unlike Brutus from the other act. Um, then uh, Titanius shows up, not dead for the moment, and uh, is so sad that his buddy Cassius is dead, uh, he kills himself regular style. Uh, and then Brutus finds dead Cassius and is notably more bummed than when his own wife died. Uh, so that's... Yeah, also, also, yeah, true. Um, so that's not a real vote for Brutus there. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Act five, scene four is just kind of a little, another short one, not as short as scene two, uh, but basically Cato, who's the son of Marcus Cato, uh, who was this, we learned, great historian, former senator, probably killed at one point by Antony, also the brother-in-law of Brutus. So basically Cato is the nephew of Brutus. Um, uh, dies. Cato dies uh, gloriously. Then Lucilius pretends to be Brutus. This is all in the battlefield. The Antony soldiers don't know what Brutus looks like, apparently, so they take him captive. Antony shows up. Surprise! They literally just talked five seconds ago. He, Antony does know what Brutus looks like uh, and is not fooled by Lucilius. Smart guy. Yeah. Very silly, Lucilius. Uh, Act five, scene five is the final scene. Brutus is set upon by uh, both armies and it turns out uh, things are not good. So he kills himself. Um, Antony shows up, finds him dead, says some nice things about him. Octavius Caesar says some nice things about him too. Uh, And that's it. That's the end. That's that's the end of the play. Uh, Fitting for a tragedy. Yes, fitting for a tragedy. It ends in death, death, and more death. Yeah, exactly right. So it's a meaty, it's a meaty act, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of one note. It's basically all on the the plains of Philippi, and um, it's basically just these guys killing themselves uh, or asking other people to kill them for them. Um, and and that's about what you'd expect for these guys. I mean, you know, you go back as, as we, you know, talk about kind of some highlights of the act, you go back looking into act one and how things were proceeding for these two guys, Brutus and Cassius. And did they think that like a few months or however long later they would be um, committing suicide of sorts? Probably not. Um, so, uh, quite the turn of events for these two guys. What were your thoughts, uh, gentlemen on, on act five? Well, I mean, to me, it's like the, the resolution of the story in a lot of ways is, uh, you know, karmic come up and for, you know, the earlier misdeeds that we saw, you know, the, the, the action, the conspiracy, the, uh, the takedown of Caesar ends up coming to its final conclusion and that, you know, things end pretty badly for pretty much everybody. Uh, except Anthony. Uh, and, you know, for that reason, it, you know, it's, it's at least somewhat fitting to see it end in this way. But yeah, I mean, it certainly fits the bill of tragedy. Yeah, I would just add, uh, I'll echo all that, but I'd also just add the fact that Anthony seems to take the high road in some ways at the end of the play, which I found a little bit interesting in the sense that 
Brutus and Cassius, these two men who have had many, many evil moments throughout the play, uh, and when their time has come for their death, and when both die here in Act 5, Antony still doesn't really stomp on Brutus's grave, so to speak. He kind of takes the high road, which is surprising a little bit for me in the sense that uh, Antony might want to see its karmic justice for Julius Caesar's death and whatnot. But at the same time, I, I found it kind of interesting as far as a character development perspective in the sense that Antony takes that high road and maybe leaves the audience with a positive image in their mind as much as one could have given all the death that occurs in Act 5. Yeah, and honestly, like I, I, I feel like I'm often playing this particular, uh, you know, point in in conversations we have about this. But I, I wonder when people left that that theater, you know, were they yeah. like sad? Were were they like, yeah, you know what, that's a great? Were they like tears running in their face? Like, what was the desired reaction? Were you wanting these characters to 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 die? Or like, I, I honestly wonder a lot when I'm reading through this, uh, what the reaction was like in real time. Uh, it's a really good on. question, and it's so funny yeah. that you say that because I was going to bring up the exact same thing. This is a weird story in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's notable that Julius Caesar is classified as a tragedy of Shakespeare and not a history like the King Henrys or the King Richards, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know exactly why that is, but my supposition is because it's intended to be tragic it's intended to be less of a chronicle of stuff that happened and more you know particularly crafted around the tragic story of these characters but what's weird about that is what you just said trey is like are isn't brutus and cassius kind of the bad guys in this play like i know they're nominally the protagonists in the sense that we follow their story most closely but aren't they kind of anti-heroes in a big way? Like, isn't this like the beginning of like a really early example of like, you know, the Walter White or the Tony Soprano archetype where like, if you were rooting for Brutus, like, why? Like, what <laughs> yeah. were you rooting for him for? Like, he's yeah, not a good guy. What's the redeeming quality you saw? Yep. Right. Like, Especially after Act Three, Scene Two, when Antony turns everyone on their head with that big speech, like, did you not know that he was way out of, like, he was freaking murdering the head of the state? Like, that's crazy. And then, like, I just don't feel like there's moments for Brutus where you're thinking, like, you know what? No, he is a good guy. I hope he lives. I, I don't know when that happens. And so, this is an interesting, you know, when I look back at other tragedies of Shakespeare, I have read Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, you know, uh, Hamlet is a, a problematic character, but he's, he's a sympathetically problematic character. He's worth I mean, Hamlet's probably the original antihero, but in, in a lot of ways, like you feel for Hamlet, you understand Hamlet's motives because he's talking about them constantly, you know, but Julius Caesar like, what is the tragedy? Don't the good guys win in Julius Caesar? Like, it's a very strange story to me. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. No, yeah, I mean, my I, perspective, I, just, yeah. I really don't. Oh, sorry. But my perspective is I really don't really see a protagonist at all in the play. Sure. In, in the sense of Except Lucius. goodness, right? Except and Lucius. obviously, yeah, of course. 
But in the sense of Brutus, yeah, technically, maybe in the letter of the law, he's most close to a protagonist. But that could also be the intention of the play, given that it's so tragic and kind of delves from that historic nature to focus on the death so much, especially culminating with death upon death uh, in Act 5. The sense that Brutus is a protagonist, yes, by the letter, letter of the law, that could be the case, but maybe, just perhaps, there really isn't one at all. And that might be the key takeaway for me. I at think least. that's a really interesting take. Trey, you were going to say something. No, no, I was, it's really, honestly, for me, just the fact is that uh, there is no protagonist to, to Alex's point. There is no, you know, centralized character to, to root for. So about the same. But what's interesting about that is that like kind of undercuts the concept of a tragedy. Like I'm not trying to be critical. I think it's a, I really enjoy Julius Caesar. I think it's a wonderful play. But it, it just your to your point, Trey, of when people in you know fourteen whatever watched this play and walked out of the Rose Theater or wherever it was that they watched it and were like, "All right, well, everyone got what was coming to them." Like, I just don't know. Like, what what were people thinking? What were the feelings? What what was the intended feeling? You know, Julius Caesar is considered one of the really great kind of mainstream. Shakespeare plays, and I don't think it's not. I think it's deserving. I think it's great. I I really enjoy this play. I think the characters are interesting. I think the speeches and the moments and the action and the dialogues are fascinating and enjoyable. Um, But I do think that if you just look at like the typical, like the archetypical, um, just kind yeah, of the story archetypal arc. hero. Yeah. Yeah. There's no archetypal hero. No. Or archetypal hero. There's and no archetypal. What the takeaway is supposed to be like. Exactly. What if you know, my, what is my emotional resolution coming from that? Am I supposed to be exactly. learning a lesson here? Am I supposed to be following this narrative structure? So I agree. It is a little bit confusing, uh, you know, compared to what we think of as a natural, normal story. But with your, to your yeah. point, like it is fantastically well designed. It's just, it's just unique. Right. And also, exactly. if you if you didn't know anything about the play at all, like you just knew the title coming in to watch it in person, and then you have the title character die about halfway through, you, you probably want to latch on to someone else for the second half of the play. Right. And there really isn't a character that I, you I can really say, wow, about- <laughs> I'm so glad that character made it to the end. Even though Antony makes it to the end, can you really say, wow, I'm so proud of Antony? Can you really say that fully as you're leaving the theater? I don't think you can. So maybe it kind of leaves a sour taste in the mouths of the audience. Um, or maybe they just like a lot of violence, in which case they got their money's worth. True sure. that, which may, may be the case. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's, uh, I, I think that's a really good discussion. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll move more into that a little bit and some other things as we wrap up the, uh, the play at the end of this episode, but let's move into some, some furniture here with last week's predictions. Um, I predicted that none of the triumvirate as they are referred to sometimes that Antony Octavius or Lepidus would die. I was right. Alex predicted that only one of Antony and Brutus would die. He was right. And Trey predicted that there would be a beheading. And as Whoa. far as we know, that didn't happen. So I sorry, think there Trey. was a guy in the wing. There probably was on the battlefield. Head was rolling out. Yeah, and people were just applauding like crazy. For you know the, what? You know, special I effect. think that's fair. I think that's fair. Someone, they probably just killed an extra. Yeah, uh, they just forgot through, to write it in the script. 
yeah, yeah. let's put that well, in the wind the, column the, for Trey. This the the script writing, if you know, it's very sparse on stage directions. Shakespeare always this is he's famous for yes. this. So you don't you don't know it's whatever so you there want. There could have been you know? dozens of beheadings in this scene. Dozens, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very good. Um, so those were the predictions. Those were the last predictions of the play. Um, I just want to note uh, that I made a prediction that uh, carried over several acts and was right that no female. I, I think I made this at the end of Act Two, maybe Act Three, maybe Act Three. Anyway, several acts, at least two acts ago that no female would ever speak again. And I was right. So nailed it. Um, wow. Good it job. must have been act three because Porsche is in act three. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, speaking of uh, giving out awards to people like me, uh, let's talk about uh, award season for act five. You don't want to be off- in these awards though. No, these are bad awards to yeah. win in all senses. Um, so let's start out with the old standby, the Bobby Petrino worst guy of the act award. Lots of great options here. Um, who uh, who stands out to you? Let's start with you, Trey. Nomination wise for the Petrino Award, worst guy so, of the act. So this is a fun one to think about because there are, like you said, Kyle, there are many options available at our disposal. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. Uh, so we talked a little bit. I think we're going to talk more about the the particulars of Cassius's death uh, as we come up on it. I'm going to go with Titanius because Mm. when you know that from afar, there could be any question with regards to whether you are being captured or just dismounting and saying, what's up guys? How you doing? I would scream top of my lungs. I'm not being captured. You know, make all sure, the way like, across people, the battlefield. People are aware. Still or, like, have, have a Still signal alive. of some kind. You know, like uh, you, you, you gotta dust your dust your head. You know, the baseball tricks, but dust the shoulders. Whatever it is that you're gonna do to send a signal, nothing, nothing at all. In fact, like if I was watching this from afar and I thought there was any question about it, he clearly wasn't doing a very good job of of making sure it was unequivocally clear that he was not in any danger or you know being taken down from his horse and taken prisoner. Uh, so with that being said, uh, you know, I feel like Titanius bears some burden here for, for how things played out. I I feel like it's pretty, pretty rough move on his part. You know, you gotta, you gotta make it clear that you are not being captured when you get off your screwed some stuff up. Yeah. He, uh, he pulled the, uh, yeah, he he pulled the, he, he, he pulled the Jar Jar Binks. He really screwed up a lot of (laughs) stuff there. Um, all right, Alex, who do you got? The Petrino Award. Yeah, I'll go with another kind of risque pick. I'm going to go with Lucilius here Ooh. for my worst guy of the act because he is trying to save Brutus. And anyone trying to save Brutus after everything that's been going on, trying to put their <laughs> life on the line ahead of Brutus, not a good guy in my book. And for two reasons. One, you're the worst guy of the act because you might die because of it. And number two, you're the worst guy of the act because you're protecting Brutus, who I don't who think is, deserves is your own individual <laughs> protection. Yep, that's good. Good stuff. Uh, my nomination is Pendarus, the bondsman of Cassius, whose bad reporting, and this is very uh, personal to me as a reporter, his bad reporting really is the reason that Cassius and Brutus and Titanius are all dead. 
Pandarus climbs up to the high ground to watch so Titanius. So we went with different angles on this, Kyler. You took yes, the, the, the receiver deal. of the report. I gave the, the, the giver of the report. Or I guess yeah, v- really vice versa. But yes, Pandarus is like, oh, yeah, no, Titanius, eh, he's taken. <laughs> and uh, Titanius was not taken, notably. So bad reporting by you. You are fake news. Uh, you are my nomination for the Petrino Award. Um, all right, uh, Trey, who are you voting for uh, for the, the worst guy of the act? Man, honestly, like I almost wish we could do a combo meal deal for, for Pindarus and Titanius because I feel like both mm. of them really just missed the mark here. Um, yeah. So I'll switch over to Pindarus because I, I agree. I mean, I think that the, the, the person going to deliver the news has, you know, a certain level of responsibility to make absolutely sure you know like watch a beheading or something before that news is concrete and taking taken back so i'm, I'm switching to pandarus good call i'm sticking with pandarus wow and cheering yeah. yourself the win yeah it would have been yeah, unanimous yeah. i'll go with pandarus <laughs> as nice. well uh any any guy who's putting out fake reports fake news is a bad guy in my book what can yeah, I say? Absolutely. Our journalism. All right. Pandarus is the Petrino award winner uh, there. Uh, he's the worst guy of the act. Um, although let's give him a little bit of a break. He is a bondsman. So he uh, he was basically a slave. So that sucks. Um, but uh, now he's free. So Hooray. fly free, you crummy guy. Um, all right, moving on to a new award. Uh, we try to have two new awards uh, in, in each uh, act, but maybe we'll we'll double up from time to time. This is the Hans Gruber Memorial Best Death Award in memoriam RIP Alan Rickman. Uh, this is for the guy that, it says it right there in the act, who, like Hans Gruber in Die Hard 1, has the most memorable and coolest death. Uh, you recall, of course, the famous uh, uh, scene of the bad guy uh, played by Alan Rickman, RIP, Hans Gruber, falling from the top of Nakatoma Plaza Tower um, uh, and to his death. Um, so lots of options here. Lots of great deaths. Isn't um, that great? Who stands so many out to options you? here. Yeah. Who stands out to you, Alex, for the nomination for the Best Death Award, the Hans Gruber Memorial Best Death Award in memoriam, RIP, Alan Rickman. Thank you for squeezing that all in there. But I'm going to go with Brutus as my nominee for this award because running into your death via a sharp object to end a play or near the end of a play is a nice way to go out, even if you are a villain of some sorts. It's uh, it's nice. pretty baller. Like it, I mean, that takes some strength. Not yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as giving him props because, yeah, we're not going to go there because. No, yeah. But I mean, look, like between Cassius in the way and of Brutus, action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, between Cassius and Brutus, one guy's like, oh, stab me. The other guy's like, here, just hold this sword. I got it. Well, like, and I right. also I wonder, that, yeah. like, because there's, there's no stage direction, right? So, like, we don't know how, how long is this running start? You know, we're talking about, like, you know, 20 feet back and just yeah. all out sprint or, you know, right. three right. feet, just a quick jump. It, it's, there's a lot going into that. Yeah, that's kind of the good and bad of stage directions, right? Good. I mean, you can kind of have your own imagination. Bad. You kind of wish you were there to see what exactly <laughs> is going on to the full 100%. Extent. I like to think but, it was up to the imagination of yeah. whichever, whichever actor was playing it. So it was different every exactly. time. Exactly. 
I just want to get the stage direction because I find it uh, entertaining here. Oh, yes. The stage direction here is runs on his sword, then a line, dies. So that's what you got. You could do whatever you want with it. That's the beauty of Shakespeare. I think the separation of dies there means he ran a long way. So it was like dramatic effect. <laughs> so he's looking running. Down there watching. Yeah. He's it's running not sword as dies. he no. says, Caesar, yeah. now be still. Uh, uh, <laughs> I Correct. killed not thee with half. Uh, so good will. Uh, dead. Yep. That's exactly what I was going I for. Think, yeah. Very now good. I, uh, man, I, I've been swayed away from mine, which I will give in a second. But, but that's very convincing. Uh, greatest death. All right, Trey, your nomination for the Hans Gruber Memorial Best Death Award in Memoriam R.I.P. So I, I feel like we probably spent more time talking about this character than anyone ever. But uh, Cato, uh, who we you know, <laughs> talked about a lot in the pre-show, we talked about a little bit in the in the by the book, uh, you know, random guy who shows up is making very clear he's the you know son of Marcus Cato. He's a, you know, the, the nephew of, of Brutus uh, and has like, I mean, line for line. Some pretty epic stuff that he's putting out there and then dies, obviously, on the battlefield in, you know, epic fashion, uh, fighting for what he, you know, like fighting for this this noble cause. So he believes, I guess. And Lucilius then, you know, uh, commends him in his like it gives him a I, I feel like if you get a send off, you know, none of these, like like <laughs> Antony obviously gives that send off to Brutus. But this is a one liner. This is a, a guy who just shows up dies and people are talking and singing his praises like that's that's, true. that's pretty remarkable uh so yeah. i'm gonna give him best death mostly because of the uh the fanfare surrounding it yeah i uh i'll make another nomination but he was my nomination <laughs> i was gonna say young kato let me just read this dope line uh by the way there is a bad word coming up um yeah uh, so if, if if your children are listening Close their ears for the next five seconds. <clears throat> this is young Cato on the battlefield. What bastard doth not? Who will go with me? I will proclaim my name about the field. I am the son of Marcus Cato. Ho! A foe to tyrant and my country's friend. I am the son of Marcus Cato. Ho! And, and then he dies. That's the whole thing. That's his whole thing. It's a good death, man. Like, oh, yeah. he is line for line. Trey and I joke about like who has the most laughs line for line and like comedies and stuff like uh, Tobias Funke is very high on that list, for example, from Arrested Development. Uh, but uh, line for line, young Cato killing it. No pun intended. Well, some pun intended. Um, Did you say the bad okay. word? I, I, I still have, I was. Yes, the ear. bad word has been oh, okay. said. Sorry, Good. it's, it's over. Right. You can open your children's ears again. Um, I said it with an accent so that maybe it wouldn't be as uh, there you go as as disturbing as harsh. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna go. There's only two other deaths, and one of them is super lame. So I'm gonna go only uh, two. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Titanius. Um, Titanius has a pretty sweet, uh, sad. He's really upset uh, when um, Cassius dies. And has a really cool speech, actually. I don't know who Titanius is. He's in Act 4, but I guess he's just like a like a lieutenant or something. But he's really tight with, no pun intended for real that time, with, uh, with Cassius. He's really sad, and he's got a great, you know, a great line here. Alas, thou hast misconstrued everything, but hold thee. Take this garland on thy brow. Thy Brutus bid me give it thee, and I will do his bidding. Brutus, come apace and see how I regarded Caius Cassius. 
By your leave, gods, this is a Roman's part. Come cash his sword and find Titanius's heart. So he, he dies on a rhyme. Like, that's pretty fun. Um, so I, I think Titanius's death is cool. Uh, that's my nomination. Uh, but I'm just going to say that my vote goes to young Cato. Yeah, and my I'll vote. go Cato as well. I'm switching. Nice. Uh, yep. So, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take my win. <laughs> all right. So the win goes to young Cato, the Hans Gruber Memorial Best Death Award in Memoriam RIP, Alan Rickman. Young Cato. And finally, the final award. This is kind of a little bit flippant, uh, but you know what? It is what it is. The final award of the uh, act, we're going to have to have some repeats because there's only so many possible people to nominate. This is the hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave award for the guy that we really weren't that bummed about dying. Uh, My nomination, there's a couple different ways you can go with this. I'm going to start off my nomination because I think there's an obvious one. I just want to get it out of the way. The obvious one is Cassius. Because oh. Cassius sucks. Yeah. Like, oh, Alex was gonna. Alex was gonna <laughs> nominate Cassius. Yeah. Cassius is just not a redeemable character. Like he's not a good guy, and he goes out in a really kind of weak way. He asks someone else to kill him. Like that is. Like, what do you like? What does anyone like about Cassius? Like he set all of this in motion. He is responsible for a like a war. Like who? What a dip like Cassius hate to see you leave but love to watch hate to see you go but love to watch you leave Cassius you're the guy I wasn't that bummed about dying sorry Ta- Trey who is your nomination so I guess my nomination hinges on whether uh death can be up for interpretation um because the ghost of Caesar shows up again and nobody wanted him, <laughs> him there in the first place and he has to come back through uh and then disappear once more and Very I mean, good. I'm just, I'm sick of this guy. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, for us to move on from the, 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 the reappearance of, of Julius Caesar. Uh, and this time telling Brutus that he believes it's, you know, time for him to die. Like, it's just I, like, of course, yeah, Brut- I, I understand like the plot device purpose of it. Um, but I honestly, when Caesar, you know, like, died, I, I didn't feel that bad to begin with. And then he came back as a ghost. It's like, all right, all right, all right. I get it. You're, you know, you're, you're a ghost. And then he came and back like, again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, enough of this same song and dance. Let's move along. Yeah. And like, actually, at least like have something substantial to say, like. The sure. Or like a great father, speech. Or, like, or start yeah. flying around and doing ghost stuff. Like something cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm not big on ghost oh. speech. Word. Yeah, I love I like the Caesar one. ghost pick. That was <laughs> my one. second pick. So, <laughs> oh man, Alex, we're stealing your noms. Who love you got, the, man? I, I really love the Caesar ghost pick. That's an off the wall pick, and I love it. But anyway, uh, I'll go Brutus again. <laughs> by the letter of the law, is he closest to the protagonist? Yes, but at the same time, looking at all the deeds that have been done throughout the play, looking at all the emotions or lack thereof that he has shown to other people's deaths i'm not going to show the same emo or show even more emotion than he did when some of his best friends or even wife died earlier in the play so sorry brutus you'll be my nominee very good those are three strong nominations i gotta be honest um trey who who you who you voting for sticking to my guns Ghost of Caesar. Ghost of Caesar. Alex. Ooh. Whoa! Ghost. <laughs> Whoa! He had a. He had a. Uh, you like that? 
uh, audible cue. Uh, I yes. like that. Very good. Um, I'm, I'm going to vote for uh, Brutus just for fun. Uh, but Ghost of Caesar wins. <laughs> so that's um, two in a row that someone's voted for mine and then I switch. But anyway, yeah, no, I'll yep, go Caesar's true. Ghost. And both times your nomination was Brutus. Ghost. So there yes. you go. <laughs> so the hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave award goes to the Ghost of Caesar. Really get out of here, man. What What is your deal? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's awards. I uh, hope you enjoyed those. We'll, we'll, uh, unless we get really bad feedback on them for some reason, probably stick with those. They're a fun way to, um, as we go into new plays, they're a fun way to get into kind of character analysis and and uh, just kind of joke about some stuff. Um, yes. Now we're going to debut in this podcast something that Trey and Alex and I have done in previous shows, um, our sports show, The Ninth Circle. Uh, we did this for years, really. Uh, this is something that we call the very important topic. Um, and we're just going to do this once. We're going to do it at the end of every every play. Um, and uh, this is where we take basically, what did you learn? Um, you know, other examples of very important topics. Uh, don't take pictures of food. Don't like your own Facebook posts. Uh, obviously, those are unlikely to uh, be uh, options for Shakespeare plays. But just things that you learned, things that lessons learned uh, from the play, very important topics that you can apply to life in the uh, 20 whatever it is when you're listening to this, 21st century, hopefully. <laughs> Wouldn't it be something if they were listening to this wow. in the 22nd century? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that would be impressive. Iconic. Oh, my goodness. Iconic. You think Shakespeare uh, so the- lasts the test of time? How about Bardic Circle? Uh, my goodness. <laughs> Exactly. So the very important topic uh, from there's there's a couple options here, really, that we could talk about. We could talk about, um, you know, uh, things like, you know, if 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 you're a little worried about one guy kind of ruining stuff for you, maybe take care of it head on. Uh, That's uh, with Antony and they decided not to kill him. But I don't think that's a very good example of what we really want this to be. Um, my suggestion for this and the other guys were in our pre-show, we're, we're on top of it. It's from act five, really. It, it's before you end your life and let's not be totally flippant about this. Suicide is awful, but we're going to talk about a lot of suicide in Shakespeare plays. Uh, double check, um, make sure that, uh, whatever your assumption is, uh, is, is, is accurate. And I, I really think this is applicable in not a joking way. Um, if you're gonna, uh, do this awful thing, end your life, like, first of all, don't get help. But second of all, like, there's probably more information out there that you're not seeing. And, you know, you guys can weigh in on this, obviously, if you have, if you have thoughts, but like Cassius, kills himself or has somebody kill him because he thinks Titanius is dead. He, wait like a, a second or two for, to find out if, if, if the situation that you think is so bad is as bad as you think. Um, if it's so, so bad, you're going to kill yourself over it, especially. Exactly. To, now, to me, I, go ahead. I, I was going to say to me, like the, the best comparison I was thinking of earlier to something that we re- can relate to and that we deal with on a regular basis is uh, in a sporting event, the fan who in the second quarter down 10 points goes, it's over. It's done. I don't even want to watch anymore. I'm calling this game. You never do that. You don't call the game. Come on. 
it's a it's it's not like you don't to your point Kelly, you don't know enough yet you're not sure if that's actually that dramatic that the game's not over till it's over the war isn't over until you see with your own eyes that's what i would be most like i wouldn't trust anybody's report i'd be like like okay what specifically did you see like let's talk about it let's figure this out instead it's oh oh you you say that this happened okay pandaris well then it must be so i'm gonna die my life is over uh yeah yeah and and we are we are joking because that's it's it's an irreverent podcast and and it's you know it's this or that but if we're talking about some serious stuff which which suicide is extraordinarily serious the most serious thing there is like get all the information because i guarantee all the information is not pointing to this end um and i think that we can talk about it in a funny way but we should also be quite quite sincere don't do that that's not that's not what you want to do get all the information there is more information out there that will paint a rosier picture about life there is reason to hope alex anything to add yeah i think you both put it pretty well there i would just kind of add just and maybe an overall takeaway that any of us can apply to to life overall is avoiding rash decisions right just and we're all guilty of it. I've probably even done it today, made a rash decision about something, right? But in this age where we're overloaded with information, both in our personal lives, professional lives, the world overall, um, trying as hard as possible not to make those split second decisions and instead gathering as much information as one can uh, to make the most reasoned decision will often lead to a better outcome than what might occur otherwise. I mean, one thing I will say is is that, like, if we put ourselves in these shoes, like, he's probably thinking, because we're not talking about, like, you know, the human rights world we live in today. We're talking about, like, medieval warfare. Like, you get captured, it's going to be a, it's not, like, you would way prefer to have ended it before you got into that captured situation. For sure. So, like, in defense, uh, you know, of Cassius' decision, the emotions running high, it's probably like thinking to himself, like, oh, wow, they're gonna like, like, tor- torture me so badly. I was about to describe, it, but like, I, we don't even need to go there. We can all picture it in our heads, uh, you know, a horrible, torturous situation. Probably like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll just pull the plug. But uh, agreed that there should have been at least one more point of verification. Any great report of, of you know, journal, not a great report, any report period needs at least two sources to move forward on. And you should live that way in your life in general. You shouldn't be operating. And this is especially true not to get like, you know, political or anything like that, but like when, when you're, when you're sharing out information or you're, you're using information to uh, make a change in your life, regardless of what that is, hopefully it's never something as extreme as what this is, but you, Please, please double check that. You know, don't don't just act on something without that verification. There's reason that people put false information out there. And sometimes it's just mistakes like it was in this play. Sometimes it's intentional. But you got to make sure you're operating with accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's whether we're talking about little things or big things. Just get get accurate information. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to the people around you. Get the truth. And, you know, let's let's like step back from, you know, the ultimate rash decision of suicide, but step back and just talk about like before you get angry, before you get, uh, you know, wound up about something, before you 
break off a relationship before you any anything like this break off an opportunity get accurate information uh it's it's challenging sometimes there's there's fake news out there it's true uh but there is also accurate news out there and you can find things out for yourself cassius could have climbed up the rock and seen for himself if titinius had been taken or not um so uh yeah you know if you're Bondman says Titanius is dead. Check it out. Is is the uh, the sum of Ooh, that? I like that statement. Um, uh, that's a very important topic. Uh, so that turned out to be way more serious than uh, very important topics usually are. Uh, but it's okay. This was an important thing, and and it was in fact very important. Um, yeah. Let's move on to something not serious at all. It's impossible to transition out of that. But here segue. we are. Super segue. <laughs> uh, it's time for the Deadpool. Uh, we have each picked an alive and a dead character, uh, and all but one of us were right. Um, Alex picked Antony Ooh. alive. Trey picked Caesar dead. I picked, as far as we know, Calpurnia alive. And yeah, she seems alive. Uh, I picked Cicero, the senator dead. Trey picked Cicero alive. False. Ooh. That one did not turn out to be accurate. And Alex picked Brutus dead. Uh, Brutus is dead. Um, so Had to wait a it. bit, but got there. Yeah, we got there. Act five, scene five. At he the buzzer, Alex. At the buzzer. buzzer. <laughs> Damien Lillard at the buzzer. Love it. Um, all right. Any prizes or just over. bragging rights? Or? No, just bragging rights, except for Trey. He only gets, he only I get no, years. I get no rights to brag. You get brag rights, not the full brag word. Rights. You get, you get half, <laughs> half the word. So let's wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's each have just a final takeaway um, from, you know, what you'll remember, what you have learned, what your thoughts are, whatever it is, something that you can take away from the tragedy of Julius Caesar. Alex, can we start with you? Sure. Yeah, I would just it, it kind of encapsulates this notion that any any one or any time that there's ulterior motives in any form, they often don't end well. And in this case, death upon death upon death obviously was things not ending well. But my takeaway is people that had these sneaky ways about them did not get rewarded for their sneakiness. And I think that's justice for all that is right and good. Good call. I like that, Alex. Trey, how about you, man? You got a, a takeaway? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I I think honestly for me, it's the the interpersonal connections uh, that you see played out through the conversations people are having. I mean, we're talking about very intense circumstances here and the back and forth between all of these characters throughout the story um you know, escalates as things get along. And we see that escalation build up into, you know, the climax of Act 3. And then we also see that escalation build up uh, when we get into the the battlefield and that that opening scene within this act. And um, for me, that that highlights the strength and the quality of Shakespeare. And remember, like, I'm not familiar with Shakespeare, you know, in the way that the two of you guys are. So for me, this has been a whole new foray into trying to even determine you know, what's, what's so great about this? Like not, not questioning, but like just wondering, you know, to me personally, what is it that I connect with? And I found that, you know, the conversations were, were very, um, you know, very personal and, 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 and it was very much about these characters, uh, you know, intertwined fates 
kind of playing games, as your point, Alex, playing the political game, trying to figure out how to one up each other and, and, and win, if you will. Uh, but but doing so in, in conversation, you know, doing so in in uh, the the back and forth between these characters. So for me, that's what stood out the most. It's kind of an overarching review of the Shakespearean style of building these characters through specifically the things that they say, not necessarily uh, any any stage direction or any you know uh, plot construction otherwise. Yeah, I think those are both really good points. I'll say, while I, uh, I, I agree with both of those, I say one more takeaway for me is and this is something that I think we're intended to take away. Um, you know, you, you read about uh, you know the great Greek tragedies, Sophocles, and the hubris of Creon and Antigone, for example. You know, you read about the pride. Pride goeth before the fall, etc. And I really think that's what we learn in Julius Caesar and the tragedy of Julius Caesar is that when we take ourselves so seriously when we believe that we are so important and that's what it was with Brutus and Cassius that they were so critical to the and so right and so smart and so much smarter than everybody else uh that they needed to murder the head of the state in order to save the people from themselves basically you're so rarely the smartest person in every single room you walk into. You can be a genius. You can be you can be Einstein, and there's still things to learn from other people. If you believe that strongly that you are, I mean, that's a savior complex, right? If you that you are the last thing between the world and ruin, that you have to do something so heinous. And so, frankly, against your nature in Brutus's case, you're probably missing something. Um, and I, I don't think that's an off-the-wall uh, takeaway. I think that's what we're supposed to take away. I think that's probably what Shakespeare intended for us to take away. And I think that as we put those three things together, um, I think that we have uh, a really valuable play in Julius Caesar and while we talked about some weirdness in sense of the uh, the sense of the story, and it is a little weird, I think that there's a lot of value that we've learned from the arcs of these characters. So, hey, thanks, guys. This was fun. I uh, I enjoyed reading this play with you guys. I enjoyed learning from your thoughts, and I enjoyed having fun. Uh, any final words, Alex and Trey, before we get out of here? Was that Caesar's ghost paging us to end the show right there? <laughs> One last appearance. One final appearance. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Hey, how about a comedy next time, boys? Next time up, we'll do, I don't know what, we'll pick something good, but uh, a fun comedy, and uh, we'll have some more fun with it. This has been Act 5 of Julius Caesar. You have been in the Bardic Circle. We hope you join us again. Like and subscribe. We're on Spotify. I believe we're on iTunes. And, and you know, get podcasts. Wherever you get podcasts, worldwide. we'll figure it out. We're worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Uh, hey, uh, check us out next time with a comment.